0: Tools are for you to use these tools are for you to use. welcome to this is your afterlife conversations with artists and activists about death and life my name is dave Marr. i'm a comedian who lives in chicago i survived a month-long coma eight years ago and i woke up with questions My guest this week is Kirk Rawlings from the band Courtesy and also the band Beige on Beige, his new project, which releases their first single, Come On, this Friday, April 7th. So if you are listening to this the week it comes out, you're fucking... Listen, man, if you hear a truck behind me, just know you're supporting a DIY show. But I also have this habit of mentioning background sounds that don't appear. And I also have it. A habit of not cutting out the mention of the sounds, even when you don't hear them. So welcome to the show. Beige on Beige's first single, Come On, comes out this Friday, April 7th. Check that out. Check out all the links uh, to Beige on Beige and Courtesy in the show notes. Courtesy's wild, man. Courtesy is a cool, genre-mashing, um, just fun, genuinely unique band. And it was really fun to talk to Kirk about uh, fame and the fame mindset and doing things independently. We get into that into in the full conversation that is on Patreon. So you can hear that and other things on patreon.com slash Dave Marr. You can support the show, come an Afterhead for $5 or a Pigeon Level patron for $15. Those folks are John Lee, Shuba Singh, Debo. Katie Llewellyn, Kurt Chang, Susie Carroll, and Fred Fidoa. Thank you to all of them. Follow me at the links in the show notes. You can support the show non-financially by subscribing, leaving a review, or just telling a friend. Word of mouth is very helpful and important to me and makes me feel good. You You can just make a person's day. And if you can't help me financially by you know if you can't help me purchase insulin by supporting me financially you can help me you know mental health wise and prop up my mental health with external validation so do that and yeah enjoy this conversation with Kirk Rawlings I grab your whip and take it back to when i'm in town, i treat it
1: like so paint your hell yeah i don't know it's it, it's just life in general kind of uh, okay. I don't <laughs> I don't mean to be that cynical, but, uh, no, I think like I have a lot of little hells. I get creeped out when I'm around anybody that's very me, 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 and tells you like starts all their sentences with I and me. And they're yeah. like, you know, not listening, but wanting to follow up your statement with like, they can't wait to, they're just waiting for an opportunity to speak, you know, yes. <laughs> until yes. you, their, their turn. And, uh. So that is a hellish for me.
0: Industry, there's a fair amount of that.
1: Yeah, I've I've been pretty good at cutting those kind of people out of my life. I can smell it from a mile away and just usually avoid it like the plague. I do have you know a couple of people that like lean that way now, but it's like they're aware of it and they know that they're doing it (laughs) and they're trying to work on it. Yeah, Uh, and they're great people. So um, so there's that. But also, I was thinking like now that I live in Chicago uh there's a certain type of southern um uh, salesman former frat boy um mm-hmm. uh, that's now like an adult you know uh with wife and kids and golf shirt and yeah. khaki shorts and yeah. and and they do this real polite like interested in you like yeah man, just just tell me about you, you know what I mean that kind of mm-hmm. southern <laughs> yeah southern. <laughs> like over interest you know what i mean where it's yeah. just like it's not genuine it's you know they're selling me themselves and their their ability to accept somebody from a different lifestyle okay <laughs> <laughs> Right, where you, you Does that make sense as
0: <laughs> a forty-something white guy appear as someone with a wildly different life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a yeah. lot
1: like people I grew up with. Too, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it's like I'll I'll go back or be in a situation and be like, "Hey, well, Kirk, well, tell, tell me what's going on with
0: you, man. How's that music still going? You right, know, what I mean, right, it's right. like,
1: and is it just like
0: judgment, like condescension? You sense, uh,
1: or is it just it's, befuddlement? It's just the whole the whole vibe, uh-huh. the the accent, the <laughs> the the way that they're talking to me, the, the over-exaggerated attention, you know, yeah, that kind of yeah, thing. It yeah, just yeah. feels like, it feels phony. Just, and I guess it boils down to people selling themselves to me. But it, um, Right, right. Uh, but I, I don't know. Yeah, those people are always like, I always think that they're a little befuddled that I'm 45 still playing yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> right,
0: as if you've like invented a new way of life or something right, right. like that. Yeah.
1: And didn't have kids and, right. you know, don't live in the suburbs. I didn't adopt my parents' life, basically, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like a lot of them did. Um, now, I don't mean that as condescending. I'm just saying that's sure. just the norm. Did you... So, did you... It sounds like you grew up
0: around these kinds of people.
1: Yeah, yeah. Inundated. I mean, just... It's it was everywhere, and my dad is a little bit like that, and the people that he works with. So it's Mm -hmm. just like you know, I grew up around these men too that were just like, all right, hey, Kurt, you playing soccer? You play golf like your dad plays golf, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, just that over over investment, you know, momentary investment at least. Yeah, just uh, this
0: idea of like, yeah, what what is it? Because there's like an it's an over investment but it's uh, there's an
1: air of condescension throughout their whole thing because because they're just like they're looking at you and like like you're a zoo animal a little bit like just like what makes you a a weirdo liberal you know what i
0: mean like (laughs) yeah well and it's maybe it's that like part is am i reading this right that part of them wants the conversation to be over right away like they want it to just like reach a button where it's like oh and i'm doing this and then blah 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 and now we're just going to talk about football or we're going to talk about yeah. golf or something yeah, like that
1: yeah i guess so um, yeah i don't i don't know what about that specifically i mean even sometimes maybe it's just the accent but just <laughs> 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 but sometimes i'll hear like southern women too that has like that over dramatic like in the south we do things you know what i mean it's yeah. like there's this whole air of speciality about the south and things like yeah. that and i just like i don't like any of that shit i don't know Interesting. It, it, it makes my skin crawl
0: because the the people i'm surrounded by the most i feel like the 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 perspective on the south that i'm most surrounded by mm. is former southerners and people who all recognize that the south is in some ways way more like racially integrated than the North way. Like r- the racism is maybe not less, but different. And in some ways like more respectable because it's, it's either on the surface <laughs> or it's like, you're able to move past it in a weird way. Just that, basically that the South has been misrepresented, mm-hmm. but you're kind kind of coming from the, um, liberal elite perspective of just fuck the South?
1: Uh, Kind of. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> on the surface, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. a little bit, if we're just talking about like hellish annoyance, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, they're people. I love yes, people. Of course, of, you course, know? of course. And I am from there. So I yeah. appreciate things, you know, and perspectives that I grew up with too and, and being so integrated. Right. Uh, so I don't know, um, but yeah, there's something, there's something about it now, and it, and it, it's happened more since, um, you know, all the Trump shit and right. and me moving here and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Like, when did you move here? Uh, eleven years ago, oh, okay. ten or eleven years ago. Okay. So it was well before that, but right. that really just kicked it into overdrive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just people that I knew that I just kind of didn't, I mean, I knew they leaned a certain way. I always thought some, you know, certain levels were too far for them. And mm-hmm. then, and it wasn't. It turns out know? not. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, And my my parents are in that category too. So sure. it was, it was a foundationally rocking uh, situation there for a few years. So <sighs> yeah, I had a bit of an identity crisis, like, and it started with my mother telling me that. They were, I was, I was actually speaking of plumbing sinks. I was plumbing a sink at a house here in Chicago and I was like under the sink talking to her. And then I don't remember how she said it, but she said something to the effect that they were voting for Trump or whatever. I think I made a joke about the election. Yeah. Before the election. And I was like, mind blown. Life changed it. My life changed in a weird way for me. Yeah. It really was foundationally rocking. Like I, I lost, uh, like a bit of respect for their worldview, for their empathy for other people, for yeah, uh, looking out for the the little guy. It was like it was like the people who had raised me with all these uh, values had just just sold it.
0: Well, you know. let's go there right now. Yeah, if you're down, since you've heard the show. Mm-hmm. Can this be your coma moment?
1: Yes, yes. It wasn't a good one though. It was like no, that's okay. Yeah, it sent me. Well, I'm just curious. It, because, it sent me in a spiral. I mean, yeah. I was already, I was already depressed and uh, various things, uh, just from all different life angles and and personal neglect and sure, all that kind sure. of thing, mental health neglect and things like that uh yeah but like then, the
0: typical depression is your fault kind right right, of. right all the stuff we all do that it's fully our fault yes yeah. depression is everyone knows yeah you're it's your fault that you're depressed and you just need to pull yourself out
1: of it <laughs> right bootstraps yeah um but yeah so anyway that i had that 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 foundation uh but that was definitely like a crack it yeah in the, in the-
0: so okay in the, in the, I like that, the facade. I was I like keeping up for basically myself. like came out to you. It sounds like the yeah. way you're describing this phone call. It's like it sounds kind of out of nowhere, and it's like it sounds like she was aware that it was a thing you would react to in some way.
1: I would think so. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the details. I'm I'm a bad stoner, but uh, I don't remember the details what we said. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, um, was it okay? Did you grow up with any religion?
1: Yeah, I grew up Methodist. Okay. Um, but I had, all my friends were Catholic, so I okay. like, would spend the night with them and go to Catholic church all the time. They also went to Catholic school, but I went to public school. But then when I went to high school, um, I all my friends were going to a Catholic school and I was kind of a problem child too. And so there's a school there called Christian Brothers that was like known Christian Brothers? Yeah, it was known for discipline. And so <laughs>
0: Sounds like a <laughs> like a fucked up furniture store. Yeah,
1: it's it was fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, looking back now, I'm like, wow, I can't believe some shit went down that 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 did at that school. But um but yeah, they sent me there and to get money off of tuition because it's a private school. Yeah uh we converted to Catholicism. Whoa. Yeah, so I was just like that was another uh what do you call it moment? What a, like a coma. There was know. another coma moment where it was like, "Oh, this is all bullshit. You can just like switch yeah, teams, yeah, you know, yeah. arbitrarily for money." Which I don't mind for the money part, but we started going to Catholic church. Just like
0: it, sure. It was yeah, yeah they your <laughs> your parents treated it like well, no, not, we, this is, this isn't just for the money. This no. is, we, yeah. we didn't, we did this for the money, but now we're going to yeah. treat it like it's a true ideological right. conversion.
1: When it's a, t- I mean, it, and it's totally just a social thing yeah. for them to, yeah. You know, also. So
0: so are you like a full atheist guy at this point?
1: I'm not an atheist. Okay. Um, I think that's too definitive and sure, sure, simple. Sure. I think atheists are annoying Do you have any sort of too.
0: spiritual practice? No.
1: Okay. Um, no, I mean, I believe in something. You know, I don't know what it is, but there's absolutely something bigger than us and something sure. that, like, you know, binds all of us and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. But I just, I can't pretend to know what it is, so yeah. I'm not going to waste time thinking about it. <laughs> sure,
0: sure, sure. Well, okay, in terms of this coma moment, which mm-hmm. since we've jumped right to, I mean, as you know, this is kind of like... uh. Yeah, I mean, I mean the the segments of the show are modular in the mm-hmm. sense that I like to have the freedom to move them around. Yep. But tend to what's your coma tends to be the the question I build toward because mm-hmm. it requires the explanation of me being in the coma and yeah. and among other things that change, sobriety was mm-hmm. one of them. So if, to clarify for anyone listening, is like what the fuck coma moment are we talking oh, yeah. about? Is just. You were one person before and you were another person after. Mm-hmm. But this is interesting because it sounds like part of that is people in your life you saw one way. And then, after, and the, the, the way you're describing this as a very like immediate, like after this conversation, you saw them differently. Yes. So when you said there were limits to what i thought they would do like where they could go Mm -hmm. and it turns out they went beyond those limits i I mean how did you not did you how big of a surprise was it that they were going to vote for trump
1: it was a full body chill shock like i got swept with all of the horrible emotions like as as if somebody told you that they had joined the kkk yeah (laughs) you know what i mean just like had you talked about Um, politics
0: with them previously?
1: uh, I don't remember. Uh, Maybe just, you know, in passing or just tertiary things. So you figured
0: they were going to vote for, or did you even think? No,
1: I knew they were Republicans. We have had issues. We had issues when Bush was uh, president. So we talked about it, but, and that was all too far for me too. But, but this was a new level. this, uh tapped into like a, a decency thing. You know, this tap, this is yeah. different. This is different than Bush, even though, you know, yeah, right. s- starting an unjust war is not <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: is not a nice thing to do. But you know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> like there's a this introduced like a whole element of uh uh celebrating the obvious bad guy in the room. Like it's yeah like you wouldn't hire him to manage your mc your your mcdonald's if you owned one you know what i mean it's like 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 that type of thing like the 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 when your parents tell you not you know stand up to the bully when you're a kid and 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 stand up for the little guy and all that kind of stuff all of that was out the window and now and now darth vader's the good guy you know like like are we yeah has, has our moral compass and view of the world just flipped upside down. You know, it was well and it was like that the kind of
0: civility thing. of a certain type of like middle class white mm-hmm. society that feels very much like the world of electoral politics gets just totally shredded mm-hmm. and you're like, oh I can't even pretend that this guy is someone you'd want to have a beer with. You right. know what I mean? It's right. like this guy is has like Assaulted
1: women and yeah. and he's the worst guy in the room in any room that you go in. You yeah, know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's you know if you and if you had you a lineup to and I said that? point out the asshole, then you would be able to point him out. Yeah, you know what I mean? He's yeah, going yeah, to yeah. be the loudest, shittiest asshole in the room, For sure. full of other assholes. You know what I mean? He is the the peak, pinnacle, apex asshole. You know, mm-hmm. so it's it, and
0: so did did were they into him? W- was it a, a flip where they're like, yes, we celebrate his assholeness, or was it like? Well, the party has coalesced behind this guy.
1: My dad is kind of like, I don't know what he plays it close to the vest. I don't know. But my mom, she just hook, line, and sinker swallowed all of the Facebook propaganda. just, Just all of the conspiracy theory stuff. Really? All of it. Just... I, I don't know where she got it from or what, but just, just all of it, you know, she started saying sort of like mildly bigoted things and, you know, it was just yeah. like, it was just blowing my mind. It just wasn't the woman that I've been raised by, right. you know, and with, and we, I mean, we used to work in soup kitchens. I worked, I did special Olympics. She worked in indie centers, inner city schools in Memphis. You know, I, I grew up around poverty and, and, and working with, you know, people in poverty. Yeah all my life, you know, and, and, and then here we are on the other side of this and it just seems so bizarre too bizarre. And has
0: it stayed steady to this day?
1: I don't, I'm afraid to ask mm-hmm. as of, uh, the past couple of years, but I mean, it stayed yeah. steady through a lot of it, you know? So I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they've, if the spell has been broken or not, I don't right. want to, I don't, I'm afraid to ask. I don't know. Cause
0: here's the thing about being a white person. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, gotta love a sentence that starts that way. Yeah. But um, th- there's this. Well, because of all the f- people who need to talk to their families, white people uh, who lean left are the ones who need to like try to check their families a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's not as simple as like, hey, have one conversation at Thanksgiving and uh, just get them all on the on the right page and yep. uh, and have them vote for Bernie. You know what yep. I mean? It's like, especially because. One thing I've been learning by being adjacent to like organizing circles is just that, like, you don't waste time on the if the five is the like hard against person, mm. three is neutral, f- four is like kind of against. You know, you mm. don't waste time on the fives. You waste, yeah. you spend your time talking to the threes, right. the twos who are like sort of on your side. And if your family are those people, it's like there's there's a weird guilt that comes from like oh man, do I need to be talking to them more? Mm-hmm. Am I not persuasive enough? I don't know. So yeah. I un- I understand like closing the conversation yeah. is what I'm saying. Did what did it go toward like QE stuff?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um Okay. Yeah, the biggest blow up we had was uh, like I think it was maybe Ten months into COVID, the lockdown oh, and stuff. Wow. Um, I was, I was just, I, to, you know, my wife went into the grocery store, and so I thought this will be an excellent opportunity to have a very quick phone call with my mother because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't out, you know. Yeah, yeah yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. Oh, she here, she is, she's coming. Um, and so one of the first things she said was like, "What? What was it? Um, that the that the suicide rate has now exceeded the COVID death rate," and I. Uh, and i just like i was civil before that it's the first time it's maybe only the second time i've ever talked to my mom with like cursing and just like yeah. just i was like i don't know why i popped at that cuz i was super calm right before that yeah 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 <laughs> but when she said that i was like what the fuck who did you hear that from? Where did you get this information? This is asinine. This is the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard in my life. And you're buying this shit, hook, yeah. line, and sinker. This blows my mind. You know, we used to value education. I just went off. You know, right, my mother was right. a teacher. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. Uh grew up and ed- steeped in education, you know. I was a teacher for a while just because of the the flow of teachers in my family sure, and sure, just sure. like easy jobs. This is you the know? thing so, we do, yeah. Yeah. Turned out not to be easy, but uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So anyway, that was another life.
0: But you said it was an identity crisis for you. Yeah. So how does that happen? Were you like, is it just a matter of, is it, I've got a bomb inside me that's going to go off at some point? What was that?
1: I started, I almost like flashed back and started thinking like, did I teach myself a lot through trial and error morality? Have they Mm -hmm. always been like this? Mm -hmm. Has their compass always been just off the charts wild? You know what I mean? Right. I mean- I think they were Reagan fans, you know. Sure. So it's like I have have the. I just didn't recognize it at the time because I was young, you know. Yeah. Um So and you know they've they're southern white people in their sixties, so they're right. going to drop some <laughs> vaguely racist things mm-hmm. along the way. It's just mm-hmm. a fact, you know. Uh. And so there are little things that I'll be like, eh, that's bigoted. That's not cool. That's outdated. Whatever. But you know, it puts it in a new frame mm-hmm. when when this happened. Uh, yeah. and, and then I just started thinking about like times and lessons and things, you know, like moral lessons that I had along the way. Uh, you know, when I got caught stealing or something when I was in middle school, you know, yeah. it's like, there are they cool with, with that if it's on a certain level, mm-hmm. if it's a white collar, you know, type thing, if it's for the betterment of a business right. or a corporation, I mean, you know, is that more important than, uh, being community-minded, you know what I mean? Is it, right. uh, uh, you know, on a neighbor-to-neighbor on a neighbor level? I just, all of that was just...
0: Yeah. Well, did you come up with any answers?
1: No. I mean, I've, I sunk, you know. And then right after that, like, the, the pandemic, um, I stopped working, uh, because work dried up on the music front a little bit towards the end. And then I was also supplementing that with Uber and I stopped doing that because of the pandemic. So, Mm -hmm. and then I had two elderly dogs who were about 16 years old and then they got, uh, they had like seven months of, you know, one of them couldn't use his back legs. The other one was had dementia and was like falling out and pissing himself all the time on the floor and, you know, just yelping at all hours of the night. So, I became their caretaker, just you know, just because right. my wife had to work and stuff. I was just like, "I'll handle this. I got this." Yeah. And so I just did that until we had to put them down. That's we, so sad. we put them down a week apart from each other, right? And that was crushing. I mean, yeah, <laughs> sixteen years. Did were did you yeah. have them that whole time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. We had them from puppies, and were they brothers or uh, siblings or no, yeah, cellmates? You know. <laughs> <laughs> No, they uh, yeah yeah they were just buddies, but uh, best of friends. No, they um, they were they were both my first dogs too. I didn't have dogs when I was a kid. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, so
0: so how do you relate that to the political stuff?
1: It seemed like the culmination. The uh, it seemed like the culmination of that those those years. Uh, You know, it kind of kicked off with that conversation with my parents and and then just and, and then I yeah and, and and also it was during the pandemic my weed consumption went up like four times mm-hmm. what it normally is mm-hmm. so i was just cocooning myself every day in weed too you know just yeah. to like numb myself out and uh and so all of that was just starting to build up and then taking care of them the sadness of that seeing it every day all day long and Oof. then yeah. then the rough sleep because the dog was up mm-hmm. all night mm-hmm. so it was just one thing after another. And so the dogs was almost kind of the bottom, you know, right after that, I, I hit like the deepest depression I've ever been in. Really. Even yeah. when I was a kid and tried to kill myself a couple of times, you know, I was, right. I was worse this time and more aware of how bad it was this time. Damn. But, you know, suicide's not an option anymore for me. But, um, uh, so I just, I just was doing bad, man. I just felt fucking bad. And yeah. all yeah. of it was bad. I couldn't get out of it. I was just tethered to these like tape loops in my head.
0: What were they saying?
1: Uh, I mean, one of them, my wife has it too, where it just says, kill yourself, kill yourself, yeah. kill yourself, yeah. kill yourself. Three in the morning, you wake up and it says, kill yourself. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you're not even feeling bad. You know what I mean? Like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I'll be like, I'll be doing something that's like fun or something and just be like, hey, oh yeah, hey, kill yourself. <laughs> I'll be like, oh yeah, I forgot about you. Oh yeah, my yeah. God.
0: It reminds me of the, do you know the Mark the Marin joke where he's like, just having the option seems relaxing to me. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I don't have that, but I, I certainly like. Yeah. I can, yeah, imagine.
1: Yeah. So little things like that, and it didn't like people. Some people hear that and I'm like, oh my god, but it wasn't like a connection. It's so,
0: it's so hard to. It's so hard to talk about this stuff because it's like, if if if, if someone were to say that, and then a week or two years later they did. You'd yeah. be like, well, no that that was a problem. Right. That wasn't okay. Right, right, right. But if someone right. is around and they're telling you, "Don't worry, this is manageable," mm-hmm. you, you you just got to take them at their word. Yeah, because the last thing that's going to help is to be like, "No, we need to force you into some fucking right quote unquote treatment." Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, I I think starting with just like the facts of what was happening. Yeah,
1: something. Yeah, something also happened on my 42nd birthday uh the i don't remember where that is in the timeline but uh we went to pitchfork festival that day mm-hmm. and also something popped to me that like i started to mourn i've never been like a one who looks back or anything but sure. i started to like mourn and regret decisions in my 20s and lack of action when i was just sort of managing day to day. Mm. You know what I mean? I was so in the moment that I didn't build anything. You know what I mean? And here I am 42 Mm. and I don't really have like a career or anything like that to speak of, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and I don't know what happened on that day or what caused it, but you know, that and various relationship things too, you know, I've I've been married forever. You know, I've been with my wife since I was 21, you know? Yeah. So there's, that's more than half of our lives, both yeah, of us. So, yeah. So we literally grew up together, you know. We're yeah. vastly different people than we were before. And we both come from abuse and all kinds of stuff. So there's right. all kinds of loaded shit in there. Um, so yeah, that – and our 20s was just like counseling and management and, you know, trying to – tame things down you know what sure. i mean just the, the the wildness and the the uncontrollable uh nature of our emotions at the time things like that so um so yeah all that hit me and that was all like it just sped up you know to like a condensed like four or five years yeah. uh up until this past summer is actually when i kind of just popped out of it just popped out yeah Just this past summer. No, no, but I mean,
0: but no catalyzing event that popped you out of it.
1: Um, I started heavily investing in my mental health when before I feel like I was just getting through the day. Okay. And now I'm doing things and eating better and trying to go to sleep at decent hours, you know, uh, all kinds of stuff. But also what really helped, what like really shoved me over the line a little bit and cut the tape loops in my head was uh I did ketamine treatments. Whoa. Yeah. I did the clinical ketamine yeah. treatments and it was phenomenal. Really? Yeah. yeah, It was amazing. <laughs> what, has
0: it, has it faded since you first did them or is it, did it like give you like a permanent, like, nope, I can always, check back in with that
1: time it's almost permanent i mean i've had that was in september the beginning of september and i've had maybe three times since then when the voice comes back and uh or or i feel just completely off you know just like lost yeah um which is great for me you know i mean that's like phenomenal yeah three
0: times of how long were you we talking about like a split second, um, a day,
1: a week? Uh, you know, uh no longer than a day. Okay. Really, yeah. yeah no yeah. no staying power in it. Yeah. You know? So right, right, right. but it really did just like cut all the tethers that I had. All these little things that I was holding on to, these little like narratives that I'm telling myself, just you know, um it just cut all those That's It's like like going down a line man. of tape loops, it felt like just it was all that of them. magic. It was for me, yeah. Damn. Yeah. It was amazing. I I mean I went on this long thing on Instagram about it uh like described the whole thing front to back and just because I know so many people who are yeah. in the fucking <laughs> yeah. dumps. Everyone's you know? like, oh, you did those? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell us all about it. Yeah, so, are they covered by insurance? They're not. Yeah. It's expensive as shit. Yeah. But, uh, but it's worth it. I mean it you know, sounds would, worth it. Yeah. I would dump that much money into my car to get it fixed. Sure. So it's like right? and that's the other thing I was putting myself off because of money and things like that. And mm-hmm, it's just like mm-hmm. I will go get my brakes fixed, you know, but I won't fucking fix something in my head, you know. Right, right, right. right. Totally. (laughs) My lack of brakes in my yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's been amazing. I'm gonna do it occasionally again to just refresh. And
0: is that what they say? Like, do it every uh year? Yeah, it's all different, you know, depending on the person. But they say
1: once every six months. You know, just have one session instead of six, like I did. I did six. Yeah, it was once a week for six weeks. Wow. Yeah. Damn. It's so interesting, too, because it's
0: hard to, it's kind of hard to investigate because it's not like, it's it's so cut and dry, in Mm. a way. It's like, yeah, I got the ketamine, cut the tape loops, brakes fixed. I know. It, it it's not like and it sounds that's why I uncovered this memory and it made sense of because yeah. c- because when you talk about your mom with the Trump stuff and your parents with the Trump stuff it mm. sounds like like the thing that I was picturing was like y- you know we we create these these narratives and these images of ourselves mm. and other people by choosing what details we remember you know and yeah. so like if you're filtering out all the moral moments to make them these moral, uh, if not authorities, like guides mm-hmm. in your life. And you were letting certain certain inputs that didn't fit that go. Yeah. And then her telling you that, switch that. So you're like, oh, maybe I was choosing the wrong details to create these images of them.
1: Yeah. and And the simple fact is also at this age, I can't think my way out of it. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna solve anything in my brain. Like I'm I've I've examined it from every direction that you can examine it. Uh it's in a it's on a cellular level in my body. Right. You know, so so that's what I need to address. I need to I need to rearrange the furniture in my head. That's that's what it felt like when somebody asked me to like sum it up. It's it feels like you're like doing feng shui with the furniture in your brain. Mm. It almost physically looks like that too when you're tripping like it's sure. it's things being moved like this is moved over here and that's moved over there and you're like oh okay yeah i'll just like it's it's reorganizing yeah the storage of your brain and i it, i don't know I, I it was it had like an inception quality too where it was like in buildings in downtown and mm. and a lot of bendy things and you know uh a lot of bird's eye view scopes of of a city you know i, I didn't it wasn't really that's how the solid of your brain felt. yeah and that's okay. that was kind of the hallucinations that i had during the ketamine too yeah so it felt like i was passively just chilling just watching my brain getting rearranged and it was great yeah yeah But i, I but only had like specific hallucinations once or twice but, okay but the rest of it was like uh just shapes and building do you, and you talk while shapes. you're doing it no, you have headphones on. I mask. You lay back in like a zero gravity chair, uh-huh. and then just blast off. You know? A zero gravity chair? It's a recliner. Oh. They call it a zero gravity. Okay. I'm like, are you? Floating? <laughs> when you're on ketamine in a chair, it's zero gravity. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, is it? Is it? Uh, what? What are you listening to?
1: Or are you not? It's listening- ketamine specific music. Really? Yeah. There's only two companies that do it. Oh, it's not even like.
0: Just uh, I'm a maguma Pink Floyd man. That's the key no, of music. No,
1: you wouldn't want to listen to something familiar either. Too. Okay. okay. Um, no, I it. uh Yo, that's the fucking kinda,
0: racket you got to get into, man.
1: i have I'm already on top of it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. It's it's also kind of bullshit. Maybe. I mean, I'm I'm looking sure, into sure, it because sure. it's it's really just ambient. Yeah. Music. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, like. Yeah. Um, it's no different than any other. You yeah, ever heard. yeah, yeah. But they do have these two companies have specific music for ketamine, for mushrooms, for wow. MDMA. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. But so the thing about that, compared to the image of your parents' stuff, mm-hmm. is that the image of your parents' stuff you can infinitely talk about it. You can you can sort it out. You can ask questions. You can pose different answers to those questions. Yeah. But this is you know once the furniture has been rearranged. That's yeah. what the room looks like. I don't have like. to fuck
1: with it anymore. Like, I'm not, I don't even, my mind doesn't even return to try and think about it. You know, it's, I'm not, yeah, I don't try and solve it anymore. But is you know?
0: that depressing to be like, oh, wow, I spent this much time not like all I had to do was move the desk over there, you know? <laughs> and yeah, I haven't thought 50, about it 000, that way, but, but yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, no! <laughs> so, yes, super depressed, oh, powering down. <laughs> No, I uh I um, well,
0: but it it does ring true with me too, because the two things that have worked like that for me mm-hmm. being in treatment, it was DBT therapy, mm-hmm. the dialectical behavior mm-hmm. therapy stuff. Do you know? And I do, I've something. heard of it. Yeah. yeah. And those some of those exercises I mean, the problem for me with the depression stuff is that I do keep thinking that I can think my way out of, yeah, it. and that's the fucking trap. That's yeah. the cul de sac. It's the in. loop. Yeah, yeah. But the other thing is just twelve step stuff, where mm-hmm. it's like, and and those are both, I guess, like behaviorally activated things. Yeah, and it's always about getting outside yourself, and you're like, no, man, I just need to figure out this thing about how I'm making money, this thing about the next creative project, and then I can spend time being good to people yeah. I can be involved politically yeah and it's like no no None no of you true. just need yeah, yeah. to like help this dude who's <clears throat> about to drink just like be there for a phone call and you're yeah like, no no it can't be that simple and it's like yeah it's that simple and it's not a, it doesn't seem related and it's mm-hmm. totally fucking related
1: yeah. yeah yeah and when you recognize it as a physical thing instead of a uh, something that can be examined away right um, right then it makes it simpler in a way. What do you hope happens when you die? <laughs> hope. I don't do a lot of hoping. Um,
0: what are you talking about, man? You did the ketamine. You got to be on the fucking hope train. Now.
1: <laughs> ketamine just got me to neutral. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at surface level now. Um, what do I hope? Uh, I would like to my wife and I always joke that like we don't want to come back here and do this again you know what I mean This we okay. hope this is our last in- incarnation you okay. know <laughs> this place sucks so uh, so I don't know but m- the more that I think about it I would going under the assumption that this is some sort of earth school that we're learning and advancing our souls to a higher plane blah mm-hmm. blah blah if that happens to be the case, then I would like to come back with a higher vibration. You know, mm-hmm. I would like to come back with my shit together. And one of those people, like you met those people just beam light, you know? <laughs>
0: and it doesn't feel forced no. either. No, You're like, this would, if you would describe this person to me, this would, I would say they were probably corny or mm. whatever, but you're like, no, I, there's, there's a guy in uh, Edinburgh mm. at, there's this, there was this coffee shop called red box coffee. And this dude, I guess he owned the shop, maybe it was just the manager. Mm-hmm. He would when he bust the tables, he talked to every single person whose table he bust. He was like, was your how was your thing? Is he, someone's coming in, he's greeting them. And it was so this guy beamed and his and he was smiley. And I'm like, How is this not corny? How does this feel sincere? Yeah.
1: Some people just have it. We have my wife has a coworker friend that everybody just loves just because she's always happy. She's yeah. like Loves her parents, you know, just like has a great relationship with family. And she's just always, you know. And those people are also usually people who get taken down in Dateline episodes, but (laughs) (laughs) it's like they always like light up a room, you know, anybody who lights up a room is getting murdered Right. right. or
0: (laughs) that's how they're they're a breath of fresh air, though. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not. You know, I wonder. Not everybody can can light up a room that got murdered on Dateline. If you got murdered, part of you deserve (laughs) it, you know. Yeah, um, didn't light up that room. Yeah, yeah. What
1: had happened, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should have beamed your light in the murderer's face.
0: But so, okay, so you want, but you would be down to come back here on a higher vibration.
1: Yeah, I mean, assuming that that's what the, right. what's right. happening here in this uh, existence. But, um, but no, I don't know. You know, people. I heard you ask other people about their funerals and stuff like that's something I never think about and kind of don't care. You know, I don't well, care. Good
0: thing I didn't ask you about
1: that. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't have that thing where it's like, I just want everybody to come and tell stories about me. And it's yeah. like, I, I, I don't know what that need is. Yeah. I don't have that, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. um, Like if everybody's just hears about it and is like, Oh, you know, I liked him or something. That's, that's cool. Uh, you know, I don't yeah. know. It doesn't affect me either way. So it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I don't know. I don't, It'd be cool for my friends to get together and have a party in any occasion. Yeah. So if if it happened to be upon my death, then that's great. (laughs) Sure,
0: sure, sure. It'd be nicer while you were alive. Yeah, yeah. I prefer. Yeah. 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 But you did say you believe there's something. I do. Tell me about that because that doesn't imply Mm -hmm. that you stay conscious it doesn't imply there's an afterlife. It doesn't imply all sorts of things. Mm. Maybe anything religious. What does it mean that you think there is something?
1: I I don't know, and I'll never know. But my internal hint is that yeah, <laughs> uh, is that we s- meld into some sort of communal energy. Okay. Um, what and so, gives you
0: that feeling? What lets you know that there is
1: something uh, here? YouTube videos of near-death experiences. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> is it
0: just an intellectual thing like that? Is it just thinking about it? Or no, are it's there a, visceral... I,
1: it's a feeling. I also... Um, this is my only ghost story, but... Um, my wife and I, when my grandfather died, I was in the room. My grandfather was like this uh, kind of revered character in my family, yeah. and it was like a Golden Gloves boxer and Whoa, you know, was okay. a baseball player and all this kind of crazy stuff. Um, but he was just like a really kind, good man, too, and everybody looked up to him and just had this Cary Grant, you know, sunken eye, strong jaw, old school look about it. Yeah, him. yeah. And um, And... We were super close, and I lived with them for a while actually. And I was in the room when he died. It was just me and my aunt and him. But okay. I had spent the night before he died. He was in a coma for a long time when he was, you know, it was really old man yeah. at the time. But, but that night I spent the night with him before that, and I was reading him this Jimi Hendrix book that I was reading okay, this autobiography, cool. yeah, <laughs> just to have something to say, or whatever. Um, but before I went back to the lobby to go to bed, because I was like my turn to sleep that night or whatever, you yeah. know, and I was this is in a hospital i was probably 20 uh, i think i was 20 years old yeah okay um and it was at a hospital in memphis and uh so i went back to the lo- or right before i went back to the lobby i kind of grabbed his hand and i i said uh i said you know and people say that people in comas are like holding on mm-hmm. for a certain reason mm-hmm. you know and i told him i was like it's all going to be okay you know all your family's going to be okay you're daughters are gonna be okay. I'll do my best to look after them. You know, I'm the old the oldest grandchild. Yeah. Um uh I'll I'll do what I can, that kind of thing. And I went to the lobby and went to sleep. I got a call in the lobby the next morning at like five thirty in the morning and they said, you know, you know, Mike Cook family, please come to the Yeah. The the trauma unit or not trauma unit, you know, whatever they do. I see you. There you go. I see you. Um and uh he died and so i had been steeped in these things and read these uh passages about death that said that people choose who they want in the room when they die Mm -hmm. uh for a reason and so um so i was held on to that in some kind of way and was close to that and that was my experience with death is like actually watching the life leave him leave his body you know right um So, uh, a few years, maybe maybe it was three years later. We were cleaning out his house and old pictures and stuff. And you know, my wife is looking at him. We're like passing pictures back and forth. And one of them is a baseball picture where he's kind of sitting back in the shadows, and his eyes are really sunken in. He's got a baseball bat over his shoulder and just looking tough. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so we cleaned the house. Whatever. Went back to my parents' house that night, and it was late. It was like you know, 10 to 11 or something like that. And we went outside and smoked a joint, and came back in watching TV. Uh We were in town. We lived in Nashville at the time, but we were in town. And so I, I see, I'm sitting on the couch and in the living room, I see there's a plant and I see like a figure. It's straight up my grandfather standing there. <laughs> yeah. Almost in the same pose as that picture with the baseball okay. over his shoulder. You know? Okay, okay. And I see his eyes, and I see the whole thing. I you see his whole body. to look
0: full on yes. Adam. And- Was he transparent at all?
1: Yes. Okay. And that's the thing. And I'm also thinking, I'm fucking high. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm stoned. This right. is bullshit. And and it's also, there's a plant behind him. So, like, the shadows from the plant, mm-hmm, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. eh, this is bullshit, whatever. Yeah. And okay. I'm, I'm stoned. Forget about it. So, I didn't say anything. And, uh, and we went on, and maybe a couple weeks later- um, Teresa was sitting my wife was sitting on the bed and she was like look I wanted to tell you something um uh,
0: what was your first thought when she said I want to tell you something
1: I knew what she was about to tell me really yeah and she said I want to tell you something when we were at your parents house and I said I saw him too and she goes well we both got like full body chills she did the she went through this whole thing herself sitting next to me Wow. she saw him stared at him and she was like, I'm high. This is bullshit. Um, what am I doing? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And we didn't say anything to each other because we were both thought it was bullshit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So um Yeah, I don't know how I got on the bottom. But that
0: but that doesn't just make you feel like ghosts exist. It makes you feel like there's something behind or beyond ghosts yeah, yeah, yeah. that's part of ghosts. Yeah. There's some okay.
1: sort of impression, there's some sort of like energy that's can move in and out of our dimension you know mm-hmm. um so there's just so much <laughs> you know in in life and death that we'll never know until it happens so it's just you know it's all up in the air and the only the best you can go by is the feeling you know what i mean when you feel something is true yeah um I don't always trust my feelings but you know there are some things that like ring true and ring true from when i was a child Mm -hmm. and that's one of them i feel like there is some sort of other plane some some other dimension that there is some sort of contact or observation in between at least on their part you know okay sometimes when guards are down or inhibitions are down or something then maybe we can see on their side you know right i don't i've had uh Teresa and I both saw a psychic, too, uh, separately, and she told us some wild things. And, like, talked about my grandfather, and his name was Rabbit, and uh, and she picked that out. You know what I mean? And yeah. this is, like, this is before, I mean, you know, not before the internet, but, you know, before she knew that we were going to be a client in order to look us up, uh-huh, you know, because uh-huh. we started, like, in a group session and all that kind of okay. stuff. So, it's, like... You know, there are bizarre shit in the world that I can't explain. And, you know, and it's like, it, it seems ridiculous to give it validity, but it seems ridiculous to not give it validity also. So who knows?
0: That is the show. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Kirk. Thanks to Courtesy for existing. Thanks to Kirk for helping make the music in Courtesy. Check out Beige on Beige and their new single, all those links are in the show notes. Support the show via Patreon. Patreon.com slash Dave Marr. You will hear new uh, full conversations every week. And coming out soon, we have the after show that Claire Favret and I recorded about the Rebecca Specter episode. So look forward to that. Patreon.com slash Dave Marr. And until next week, remember, you are a mist.
1: You are human. Only human And human beings They do miracles